0: Welcome back to Chi Alpha, everyone. Thank you all for tuning in. I am so truly grateful that you decided to spend your evening with us. God has got big plans for you and I, and I know he wants to do some big things in your life and in our community during this crazy season. If this is your first time with us, I wanted to especially thank you and let you know that we'd love to connect with you. To do that, go to the connect link below and give us some information. I promise that we won't spam you, but instead we just wanna connect with you and get to know you a little bit. One thing that I pray for everyone is that you know you are loved and welcomed in our family, no matter what your background is. So if you are a non-college student, if you're an adult or you're a teenager or anything in between there and you're watching, I wanted to welcome you as well. One positive thing that's happened from this situation, from the coronavirus, is we've had the opportunity to broaden our family to people of all ages in this season, which is perfect because we're getting ready to launch a church this fall. So we're excited for Scent Church and we're excited for this opportunity we get to reach a bigger family. It can be really hard to find hope during this pandemic. Life is being turned upside down and everything is completely different than it was just a few weeks ago. Personally, I have some experiences of going through some hard seasons and seeing how easy it is to lose hope. I think the best example of that in my life was my sophomore year of football. I played football all throughout my childhood in high school and it was a very big part of my life. My sophomore year of high school came and we had some high expectations that we were gonna have a successful season. We had a new coach. He was an older guy. He had coached a while back, but he came out of retirement just to coach us. And people had said some really big things about this guy. We had high expectations that this was gonna be the year that we just go crazy. Then came our first game. Our coach got us fired up. He was very buff. He was very jacked and ready to go for this game. And he inspired us to win. We were ready to go, but then we lost. However, we still had hope. That was only one game. We lost one game. We still had eight games left. We could still have a good season. And then we lost our second game. And then we lost our third game. Our losses seemed to keep getting worse and worse as well. We lose the first game maybe by like seven and then the next one by like 15 and then 30, it just was getting, it was getting bad. I was beginning to lose hope, but we still had six games left. Then we lost the fourth game, then the fifth game, then the sixth game, then the seventh game, and then the eighth game. We were 0-8 and only had one more game left to get a win. And that season was a rough time in my life. I remember trying to fight another player during one of the games because I was so mad. I just tried to swing and we were wearing helmets. So it was not smart. I don't know why I did that. I remember my coach got so mad at me after that. And we just, were losing hope. My best friend, Casey and I, we just spent every day talking and having conversations about how we were hopeless and how we had no chance. And our team was just so bad. And then came our last game. And our coach decided to do something a little unorthodox. He took us into a dark, smelly room in the upstairs of our high school. He turned all the lights off. And then out of nowhere, we hear this loud voice, this very low-toned man yelling at us, getting us pumped up, getting us inspired for the game ahead. Some people in our team thought it was Kirk Ferentz, who's the head coach at Iowa. A couple people thought it was Brian Erlacher, who was a linebacker for the Bears at that time. And we were getting pumped. Who was this guy who was getting us excited for this game? Who was inspiring hope in us? Well, we were pumped up, the lights come on, and we realized it was our driver's ed instructor. His name was Floyd. However, Floyd did his job because Floyd got us excited. Floyd instilled hope in us. And that's what it took for us to get a win. It's just like a movie. We walk out to the field, it's raining, and we get the W. We go one and eight, we get a win. People were crying after the game. I remember bawling, hugging my friend, going and hugging my coach. And I don't know why we were so excited to just go one and eight, but we were because we had hope now. We had gotten a win thanks to Floyd, our driver's ed instructor. In the midst of our trials, in the midst of so much losing, we were without hope, and that led to more and more losing. In this season, we needed hope. We had to find it before our last game, and luckily we did. We found hope in a hopeless place, and that was a song reference. Thank you. Many of us are like my sophomore football team right now. We're in the middle of what seems like a hopeless situation. We're out of a community. We're stuck at home. We're bored, and we feel hopeless we may feel like there isn't a point that we've lost everything and that the world is on a path towards utter destruction during the coronavirus pandemic. We need to see the light at the end of the tunnel. We as a people need hope. In his letter to the church in Rome, the apostle Paul gives an exhortation to the people. He is telling the church, how are they to live? He is giving the people who he's writing to some practical tips to what it looks like to live a Christian life. And in the middle of these marks of a true Christian He writes one verse, and we're just gonna focus on this one verse tonight. In Romans 12, chapter 12, he says this, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. The main thing I want you guys to get tonight is this. We must rejoice in hope. We must be patient in tribulation, and we must be constant in prayer. I'm definitely stealing that right from the apostle Paul, and I think it's okay. Let's pray before we dive in. Jesus, thank you so much for who you are, and thank you for being a God that provides hope for being a God who we serve, who is so good, and who is on the throne, Jesus. I pray that you'll just speak through me tonight and that people will just encounter you all across our state and all across our country. We love you so much, amen. So Paul in this verse is telling us three things that we need to do. And I think they actually all relate back to that first thing he's saying. He's telling us to rejoice and hope. Hope is so important to Paul. Paul talks about hope so often throughout the New Testament. Paul's telling us that we can find joy and rejoice because we have hope. Just a little earlier in this letter in chapter 5 starting in verse 2, Paul tells us this, Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. A little later after that verse he goes on to tell us that we can rejoice in suffering because through suffering we obtain hope. We have a reason to keep going. We can look to Jesus on the throne and we can find hope even in the midst of our rough seasons. We already know how this story ends. We know that Jesus is in control. We know that Jesus wins. We know that Jesus is not surprised by the coronavirus pandemic. So we can have hope. And since we can have hope because we know the end, we know we're gonna win. And since we have that hope, we can choose to have joy. Paul has another letter that he wrote to the church in Corinth. It's the book, 2 Corinthians. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18, he says this. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, for the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. In this season of trials and loneliness, Paul is telling us that we can find hope if we look to eternal things. We need to fix our eyes not on the immediate, Not on the things around us, but instead we have to look to the eternal. We have to look up and look at Christ and look at the things that are going to last. We have to look to God if we want to find hope because he's in control. If you follow Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, which that just means that you have the presence of God inside of your life. And if God is with us, we can be joyful amidst trials. In Psalm 16, King David, the author of the Psalm says this, starting in verse 8. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure for you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. In your presence, God, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Because the Lord is at my right hand, my heart is glad. My whole being can rejoice because we are secure. He will not abandon us. God will not abandon you in this time, in this coronavirus. Even though the world around us looks bleak, we can rejoice and we can be joyful because we have the hope of Christ. In his presence alone, being with God should cause us to be joyful. For Christ followers, we have hope of knowing we are secure because God is in control. I know we keep saying the same thing, but I think there's so many things that are distracting us and so many things that are causing us to be joyless in this season. I just want us to rise up and to lean on the hope of Christ and choose to find the joy in that. So I am very blessed to have a wonderful dad. My dad coached me in all my sports. He loved me super well and he gave me a great example to look up to. I know that's not everyone's story, but for me, I was very blessed growing up. And for when I see my dad, I see joy and I feel joy when I see my dad. I love being around him for multiple reasons one of which is he makes me feel safe. Whenever something bad happens or whenever something bad would happen growing up, I could look to my dad and know that I'm going to be okay because he is stronger than any problem ahead of me and he is in control. So one time we came home from a baseball game, my house had been broken into. It was just me and my dad and I was terrified. I'm naturally a person who gets relatively scared and this just put it over the top. And I looked to my dad and I felt joy because I knew I was safe and I knew he had me protected and I was going to be okay because my dad was there to protect me. He calmed my nerves and he told me that everything was going to be okay. I could find joy in the security of my father, just like we can all with, do with our heavenly fathers. If you're watching this and if you're honest, you haven't been very joyful lately. I do believe it's time to reevaluate. Personally, I'm a naturally a very cynical person it's easy for me to start thinking the world is falling apart and to lose joy and to lose hope. However, in this season, we must fight the urge to be cynical, fight the urge to be joyless and instead look at the hope of our King Jesus and choose joy and choose hope. So maybe you're struggling to find joy in this season. Maybe you've lost your graduation ceremony. Maybe your wedding is going to look extremely different than you had planned. Maybe you're not gonna be able to see your family on Easter. All these things are are true for a lot of us. And even though we are surrounded by stinky situations and those do stink, it is rough. It's not obviously ideal. But even though we're surrounded by these situations that look bleak, we have an awesome opportunity. And that is to look to Jesus and in the midst of poor situations, choose joy. We have the opportunity to fight that strong temptation that's gonna come to complain and to be negative it is so easy to complain on social media. It's so easy to complain about everything right now because there's a lot of things that seem easy to complain about. But instead, we must choose to stand on the hope of our creator and be joyful. And the way we can do this is by looking at our situation, looking at the coronavirus, not as a burden, but instead as an opportunity to grow closer to God. We have more free time now than we've ever had. So we have an opportunity to read a lot of good books. We have an opportunity to spend time with our family that lives in our house. We have an opportunity To sit at the feet of Jesus every day for a long time. And that's a beautiful, beautiful opportunity that many of us will probably never get again. So instead of looking at this this place as a burden, let's look at this as an opportunity. If we do this, if we choose to look at this on the bright side, we can rise up and be a people of joy in a situation that does seem joyless. We have an opportunity to be an example to the world around us. The world around us is sinking into negativity but we can stand up and stand out because we have joy and we have hope. The best example we can be to the world about who Jesus is is being joyful in a time that seems there's no joy. We should use this chance to show that a life led by Jesus is a life that is full of joy and hope no matter what's going on around us. If you are joyful and you're hopeful in this season, I promise you the people around you that don't follow Jesus are gonna ask you why and how. If your wedding is being moved or being changed, and you choose to find the the good in God, and choose to find joy, even though the situation is terrible, that's going to make a difference in people's lives. That's going to be an example and an impact. One other note that I think is important in regards to joy. Joy and happiness are two very different things. Joy is an internal knowledge of God being in control that allows us to live differently no matter what is going on around us. Joy is something we receive from the Holy Spirit when we're at the feet of Jesus. If helps us see the beauty of God in our world and in the word of God. That's joy. Joy helps us find happiness and find this excitement and find passion, even when we're not doing something that's necessarily fun. Joy is not temporal, but instead it is eternal. Happiness, on the other hand, is just the feeling of dopamine being released in our brains. It's the feeling of getting something we want. This can happen when we're watching our favorite show, when we see someone we love, or just when we feed our flesh. After a good meal, you feel very happy. You feel very happy, but I don't know if that's joy. I don't know if it's godly joy. It might be, depending on how good the meal was. Happiness can be a good thing, but isn't necessarily a God thing. I feel like in this season, we are doing a lot of things to make us happy. We are binging Netflix. We're playing too many video games. We're doing things that we want to do in this season. We are substituting a godly thing like joy, like true inner peace and serenity with God. We're substituting that and just trying to mask some of the sadness inside of us with doing things that'll feed our flesh. We are spending time feeding our flesh with Netflix when we should instead be feeding our souls with time with our creator. We are spending time feeding our flesh with Netflix and video games and TV and social media. And instead we should be feeding our souls with time with our creator. And if we do that, if we spend time with God, we will have joy. And joy is so much better than happiness because happiness is fragile. It can change on a dime. Happiness can come and go, but inner godly joy is strong enough to stand in the midst of a storm. However, Paul does not stop with telling us we need to rejoice in hope. He goes on to tell us that we should be patient in tribulation. So the Greek word in Greek is the language that the New Testament was written in. So the Greek word for our word patient is "hippomeno." Translated, that word means to remain, to abide to stand one's ground and endure. Paul is telling us to be steadfast in the times of trials and tribulations. He's instructing us that when the world around us gets crazy, we have a call to stand tall and to endure. Jesus is clear throughout his time on earth that following him will not be easy. He didn't promise rainbows and butterflies. Instead, he said that life will get tough. We will face hardships. But the important thing to Jesus is how we respond amidst these trials and suffering. For our current situation, I think there are three possible responses that we can have to this pandemic. The first option I see is this, that we shrink under the pressure. We cocoon off into our own houses. We try to hide out the storm. We kind of sit in ignorance and act like, yeah, that's all out there, but I'm just gonna stay here. I'm gonna be apathetic. I'm just gonna sit and watch Netflix and do what I gotta do in my house to weather out this storm. The temptation to just lay around and do nothing in this season is so strong. It is so easy to fall into this trap of ignorance. If you live alone, you could possibly go the next few months and have no human interaction. For an introvert like me, though, that sounds like a dream sometimes, like, dang, I could read a lot of books. This could be good. But that is not what God wants for us. God does not want us just to hide out in our houses and not talk to anyone for the next few months. He has a higher call than that. So that's the first option. The second option that we have is that we can get very fearful. We can get kind of stir crazy in this season. So instead of falling into the temptation of apathy, we get very worked up. and We spend all of our time on the news, worrying about what's going on around us. Instead of trusting the Lord, we think if I just get a little bit more information about the coronavirus, if I just get a little bit more detail, if I just see one more number, I'm gonna be okay. This sends us into a spiral of spending our entire days on Twitter, checking for updates on this virus. And this just works ourselves up. We set up notifications for every time there's a new confirmed COVID-19 case in Iowa, I'm gonna get notified. And if I'm honest with you, this is a trap that I've fallen into. I've spent way too much time on Twitter looking at the statistics of the coronavirus. And all that has done has led to anxiety, led to worry, uneasiness, and a lack of trust in God. My spirit has had so much tension as I try to wrestle this pandemic on my own, as I try just to get a little bit more informed. This option is so exhausting and definitely not what God wants for any of us in this pandemic. So we have the first option. Blaziness, apathy, acting like nothing's going on and hiding out. The second option of worrying and stressing and trying to just fight it with more research. And then there's a third option. The third option is the option of patience, trust, faith. We can sit in the presence of the Father and have hope. We can hope in his name and remain patient in this time because we know that he is good. This means we will obviously stay informed, and you will know information, you'll follow guidelines, but you're not gonna spend all day checking on the virus. We will stay in our homes and we're gonna follow what the CDC says, but we will engage with our community through online small groups, through morning prayer online, through having Zoom chats with our families and friends and spending extravagant time with Jesus. We must do what Paul's exhorting us to do in this season and stay steadfast and grounded so we are not shaken by the storm of the coronavirus. As the world spins around us, we can be an example, by being patient and trusting the father. We can be patient and we can trust because if you follow Jesus and you're watching this tonight, you have the hope of Jesus coming back and he's going to set everything right. Jesus is not surprised by the coronavirus. Jesus has us in the palm of his hands and we can trust him because he wins in the end. He's bigger, better, and more powerful than the coronavirus. And he has big plans for a perfect future. And if you follow Jesus, we can have that hope. Personally, I am not a patient person at all. I also struggle to have faith when times get hard. So I'm being called to be patient and being faithful. It's hard for me. My mind runs a million miles an hour. I'm constantly overthinking things. You can just ask my wife. But there's a story in the gospel of Mark chapter nine where a father comes to Jesus with his son. So a father comes to Jesus and says, my son is possessed by evil spirits. My son has been caused to be mute. He has seizures and there's other terrible things that are going on with this son. The father comes to Jesus and asks him to heal his son. And Jesus responds, this is possible if you believe. I absolutely love the father's response to Jesus in verse 24. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. I believe, help my unbelief. This needs to be our cry in this season. Father, I believe in you. I know you are good. I know you are bigger than the coronavirus. I know you are in control. But in order for us to stay positive and to stay steadfast and patient in this crisis, we must cry out, God, help my unbelief. We are not powerful enough on our own to withstand this coronavirus. We have to cry out to our God, to our father and say, I believe, help my unbelief. That's how we remain patient in tribulation. We need the help of the Father. And we can obtain that help with Paul's third exhortation to the Roman church. We must be constant in prayer. We must rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. On our own, it is impossible to be strong in this season. There's too much craziness, too much uncertainty. We simply cannot remain steadfast, patient, and faithful in this season on our own. We have to be constantly at the feet of Jesus, asking Him to help us stay strong, asking Him to help us stay hopeful, and asking Him to help our unbelief. On my own, I'm a very scared, anxious, doubt-filled person. The only way that it is possible for me to trust God, especially in a time like this, is I must rely so heavily on Jesus. I can't do it on my own. The only way that I can know His voice and hear that everything is going to be okay, my son. Only way I can receive hope is by praying. It's by reading my Bible. We have to abide with Jesus right now or else we will lose all hope. We have to abide and spend time with Jesus or else we will lose all hope. We are in a season of life where we have more time than ever. There are so many ways we can spend this extra time. We could be on social media, we can binge Netflix, we can play video games, we can check the news, etc. The question that I keep asking myself every day, is when I look back at my time in quarantine, after this is all done, after we made it through, when I look back at my time in quarantine, what do I want to say I accomplished? What do I want to say I've done? If I'm honest with all of you, after the first week of the quarantine, the answer would have been, I played way too many video games. I spent way too much time feeding my flesh and doing things that were fun for me. However, God met me in my, my office and said, Derek, that won't do. Convicted me very hardly and said, Something needs to change, Derek. Come be with me. So I want, when I look back at this season, to be able to say that I read some really good books. I spent some quality time with my wife, Taylor. And most importantly, that I spent extravagant time at the feet of Jesus, getting to know his voice. We have an opportunity to get to know the creator. Let's take it. Let's set at his feet. Let's be with him. We have way more time now than we ever had before. I want to say I spent this time interceding and praying for my community, praying for our Chi students, praying for Scent Church, praying for the Cedar Valley, praying for my family, praying for our country and praying for our world. That's what I want to define my quarantine. Our world needs prayer more now than ever. We have an opportunity to spend so much time fighting for our planet and fighting for humanity in our prayer closets. We should be in prayer for our relatives that don't know Jesus. We should be in prayer for the campus of you and I. We should be in prayer for incoming freshmen that are seniors in high school right now who are feeling hopeless and need something and they need God. We should be praying for them. We should be praying for the people in the Cedar Valley to find Jesus. I want my knees to hurt so bad after this season is done because I spent so much time on my knees crying out to God. We as a community, we're getting ready for a big season. We are planting a church. We're trying to reach 60,000 people in this area who do not have a church home. We also have over 10,000 students on our campus and most of which do not have a relationship with Jesus. We have a world that is in so much pain. People have lost their jobs. People have lost their family members. People have lost a reason to live in their minds. People have lost so much hope in this season. And if I'm honest, we alone are not good enough to restore their hope. We can't have a good enough church service. Our live stream cannot be good enough. Our songs are not powerful enough to restore hope. This sermon is certainly not powerful enough to restore hope. But what is powerful enough to restore hope is our King. Our King can do the impossible. Our part to play in that It's very simple. God is going to shake this world. I believe that with everything in my heart, that God is gonna use the coronavirus. He's gonna use this pandemic to turn the world upside down. God is going to bring revival. What that means is God is gonna change the hearts, of the masses and have them run to him. We're gonna see more people than ever come to the feet of Jesus because they need hope in this time. That is going to happen. God can do that. But all we have to do is ask him to all we have to do is pray. We must do as Paul says, we must be constant in prayer. Not only are we to pray for our world, but we are to pray for hope, for patience, for trust. If we want ourselves and our world to get through this pandemic, we must be constant in prayer. Another thing we can do in this season is fast. So fasting is giving something up And using that time, or when you would usually spend doing something else, like eating, for example, you might fast to lunch. And instead of eating lunch, we spend that time praying and seeking after God. I think God is calling us to a season of extraordinary fasting. So maybe that looks like giving up a meal. You're not gonna eat lunch, you're not gonna eat dinner. Instead, during that hour or half hour or so, you're gonna pray and seek after God. Maybe God is calling you to fast TV, to fast video games, to fast social media, something that's taking a lot of your time. What I want you to do is I want you to think back to these last few weeks? And what have you spent the most of your time doing? For a lot of us, if we're honest, it's probably something like that. Like I've watched a lot of Netflix. I know my wife and I have watched way too much Netflix the last couple weeks. So maybe ask yourself, what have I spent a lot of my time doing that I really don't need to do and give that up for this next week for God and spend that time that you usually do that praying and sitting at his feet and asking God to do the impossible in the Cedar Valley, in the state of Iowa and across the world. If something is taking more of your time than your time with Jesus, he might be asking you to give that up this week. I think God has big plans for this virus. And I believe his number one priority is to see people come back to him. He sees that we've been trying to find hope in a million different places. And he's begging us to look to him. He's saying, my son, my daughter, quit looking to things of this world, quit looking to relationships, Quit looking to fun me time, quit looking to ambition, quit looking to jobs, quit looking to money, quit looking to your family, quit looking to all these things and instead turn your eyes upward and look at me. He's begging us to come back to him in this season. Everything else that we try to find hope in is gone. We cannot find hope in our graduation ceremonies because they're gone. We cannot find hope in our weddings because they're very different. We cannot find hope in our community because our community is very different. Things are changed. Our jobs, a lot of us are losing jobs, we're spending a lot less time in our jobs. These things are gone. So God is crying out to you and saying, Those things will not fill you up. Only I can. Come back to me and I will fill you with hope. That is way better than what you had before. He alone can provide hope. He alone can save our world. He's begging us to be with him. That's his only desire. All he wants for us in this season is to sit at his feet, reading his word, talking to him, growing a relationship with him and fighting for our world through prayer. We have a call to fight for hope. The world is losing it so quickly. We must get on our knees and say, God, restore my friends, restore my family, restore my state, restore my country with hope. And as we do that, I promise you, he's going to turn the world upside down. And he's going to fill you with hope. Maybe you're watching this tonight and you haven't had joy. You have lost all hope and you find yourself complaining a lot. I get it, that's me. You find yourself criticizing others, looking at their social media and saying, they stink, they're doing this, they're doing this wrong. Maybe we're just telling God that this isn't fair. This situation is not fair. Maybe you've lost something like a graduation, a wedding, a family member, a job. And that is rough. rough that is a thing that's gonna bring sadness. And that's okay, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to mourn what we've lost. However, I will challenge us that amidst the sadness and amidst our mourning, we look to the hope of Jesus and say, even though this stinks, everything's gonna be okay because my God is in control. And I can choose to have hope because my God is in control. And if we as a community can find joy and hope amidst a very broken world, amidst very rough situations, we will be such a shining example to the world around us of what it looks like to follow Jesus and how a life filled with Jesus is a life filled with hope. No matter what is going on, no matter what we've lost, there's always hope. There's always a reason to choose joy. We have the hope this generation needs. And if you are struggling in this season, and feel a little hopeless, I encourage you to look to God and find his hope and joy. Maybe you are like me and in this season, you're struggling to be patient. Maybe you spend all of your time worrying about the pandemic and researching new information, or maybe you've fallen into the trap of laziness and you spend all your time laying on your couch, just hoping it'll blow over. I encourage you, no matter which way you are, to stand strong, to look to the hope of Jesus and pursue him. Finally, no matter what is happening in your life right now, Jesus is calling us to a season of constant prayer. He's eliminated the other distractions and he alone is left. He's calling us to pray for our campus, for our families, for our country, for our world, and to pray for God to give us steadiness and endurance in this season. We are called to sit at his feet and to be with him. The world has slowed down. The things that we put our hope in outside of Jesus have been stripped away and he is all that is left. Let's be a people that choose to pray. Let's choose to use this opportunity to grow in our relationship with Jesus, to choose to rely on Jesus not on ourselves. We have hope, we have a king of kings that loves us so much. He came down to this earth, he died on a cross and he looked at every one of us. He looked at all of our sins, he looked at us in the midst of our sins, right in the middle of it and said, I love you. And I'm going to pay that penalty. I'm gonna pay the death you deserve. See, we deserve to die. We deserve to be very far from God for eternity. However, our God is so good that Jesus came down and he saw that divide between us and God. And he said, that simply will not do. He filled the gap between us and God and he reconciled us back to the father. He gave us an opportunity to have eternal life and celebrate with Jesus forever. If you are watching this and you are far from God, or maybe you've never given your life to him, he wants you to change that. If you're feeling hopeless or joyless, God wants to flood you with his hope. God wants to be your everything and give you a reason to live. He wants when you look back at this quarantine for you to have happy memories and joyful memories because you spent this time getting to know your father in heaven that loves you so much. If you are far from God, I wanna give you an opportunity to respond. So we have a prayer link attached to this video. And if you wanna give your life to Jesus for the first time or maybe rededicate your life to him tonight, we would love for you to fill out that link. If you'd rather message me on Facebook or message my wife, Taylor, or message Pastor Daniel or Emily, please reach out to us. We would love to pray with you. We'd love to talk with you. Or maybe you do follow Jesus and you're watching this, but you have been feeling hopeless, been feeling joyless. We also wanna pray with you. Same link, go to it and message us and tell us how we can pray for you us on Facebook, give us a text, reach out. We want to spend time with you. We want to pray for you and pray for your needs because we love you. And more importantly, God loves you way more than we could ever imagine. So I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna pray for those of, those of you who do not have a relationship with Jesus to give your life to Jesus tonight. He's calling you to him tonight. And for those of us who maybe have been struggling to find hope and find joy, I'm gonna pray for us as well. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity that we have to choose joy for this opportunity we have to look to your hope and to find a reason to live, that we can rejoice in hope, we can be patient in tribulation, and we can be constant in prayer in this season. God, thank you for that opportunity. I pray for anyone who's watching this who does not have a relationship with you, that tonight changes that and that they use this opportunity to give their life to you and that they never turn back. So I pray that over, the, over their lives as they enter into the kingdom, God, and they come in relation with you tonight. They repent and they follow after you for the rest of their days, Father. I also wanna pray for any of us who are struggling with hope, who are struggling to find joy in this season, that we can look to you, look to your example and look to your goodness and look to our beautiful future and say, we're gonna choose joy and hope. Flood the Cedar Valley, flood the state of Iowa, flood the whole world with your hope. God, we love you so much. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. Tonight, we are so thankful that you decided to join us. Please reach out to us. We love you so much. See you guys next week.